First and foremost, I acknowledge the traditional owners of the land upon which we, myself and my guests record today's podcast. I extend respect and gratitude to the elders past, present and emerging of those nations and to all Aboriginal peoples listening today. Always was, always will be. Welcome to another episode of Yas Queen. I'm your host, Timberlina, and this week I have put the questions to you. But one of the major things we talk about is the negative side of professional drag, and there's a few other questions, but let's get into this episode. Hello and welcome to another week. I hope you're all having a fab week. I'm actually recording on Wednesday, so the same day that we come out. I've been to the gym this morning and now I'm watching the sun rise over the city. It's such a beautiful day. I hope you're all having a fabulous week and all that jazz and the start of Feb. I mean, we're halfway through Feb now. I hope you're all having the bomb diggity time. I don't even know why... I said that, but this week I thought I would put some questions out to you all. So last week I put a little polly thingy, question thingy, my bobby on my Instagram and I got a few questions. So the biggest question that I had, which could be a topic in itself and it might take up a lot of time, is how do you deal with negative the negative side of professional drag. I love that it's professional drag, not just drag. Um, meaning they put in brackets dickhead slash trolls. Um, fun times ahead for this one, I guess. Um, for me, I guess the negative side of drag can bring you down if you're not in the right frame of mind, I guess. Uh, it is a cutthroat industry. Like, drag is a cutthroat industry. Like, you need to realise it's like, it's either boom, boom, or you're gone. Pretty much. So you need to be always on, onto it and know what's happening and all of that stuff. But I guess for me, I've had some really negative stuff. Um, trolling online is actually horrible. And like, believe it or not, it usually comes from your own industry that the trolling and fake accounts and all of that kind of stuff, which is not nice. Like if you don't like someone, just ignore them. Don't talk to them. Um, but if you see them in public, say hi. And that's all you need to do. Just be professional. It's professional drag. Um, I'm just taking it off with the question. So for me, I'm going to tell you a little story about probably my worst negative side of drag. I got approached by the local library to start doing Rainbow Storytime and it had a lot of backlash, as we could probably all gather. A lot of people weren't the biggest fan of it. They were like, why are we using taxpayers' money to pay a drag queen to go in and talk to kids? Um, I got called the worst things under the sun. So my biggest thing is I never react to bad comments or trolling online. For me, I'm just like, 
you're just stirring the pot when you are reacting to comments like that. And that's what they want. They want you to react. They want you to really engage with them. And that's how you get them going. They're like, they feel like they have won then. So for me, I never engage with online trolling because why waste my energy? I've got other things to be doing with my life than going on that. But this one time with the library, I sat there. So the council rolled out a massive marketing campaign for this. They wanted it to be big. They wanted to know that they were supporting us and it was all about rainbow families. And we have a lot of rainbow families here in Newcastle. So for me, it was so important that I do this gig. I wasn't going to let anyone bring me down. So this campaign rolled out, uh, I I forget what day it was, maybe like a Thursday afternoon or no, it would have been a Wednesday afternoon, maybe midweek. And obviously corporates, they work Monday to Friday, nine to five. And it happened late afternoon. And I remember... It was big. Like, everyone was sharing it that was in the community. All my friends were sharing it. It was amazing. And then the trolling started. And the negative feedback and the dickheads, as we like to call them, um, calling me every name under the sun, some not very nice. And it was bad. My friends, a lot of my friends went in for the kill, I'm going to say. They were um, defending me. But the worst thing that I probably did during that time was I sat there for four hours straight laying on my bed reading every single comment that people were saying about me. And golly gosh, that is not good for your mental health, I can tell you that now. So if you know that you're about to do something that's going to get a big reaction from the community, good and bad, so it was like 50-50, I would say don't read into it, share it what you need to, but then leave it. I believe that's the best thing that you can do when you know that you might affect your mental health and then come back to it or get other people to look at it for you. Going forward with that, it was like horrible. It was really, really, really bad. So every uh, media outlet that had posted on their like socials, a part of this campaign, um, either had to remove their posts completely from all social media because they could not keep up with the trolling and or they had to turn off comments um which was amazing because you can turn off comments but still people will still come in for the kill for a lot of people um people a couple of media outlets had to put out statements the next day uh but like that was probably the worst trolling that i've ever received And then to go on further with that is that, like, you get briefed on, like, random stuff because that was such a big thing. It was around the whole time the whole Brisbane saga happened and it was not a good time for Rainbow Storytime. But now, for me, I love it. It's one of my favourite monthly events that I get to do here in the city. And when I'm on the road, I sometimes can do it as well. So when there comes negative, there's usually always a positive that comes with it, right? But for me, if any of you are, like, trying to deal with this negative trolling, I guess, one, block them. Like, you don't need them. Um, but it's really... It's it's hard. Like, I'm not going to lie. It's not easy to deal with it. But for me, like, if I am, say... That's a lot of online stuff. But, like, if you get hecklers in the crowd, um, I guess... You need to be really quick-witted with, like, your comeback. So, 
they're usually going to try and bring you down and then you just get them back with a one-liner and then they're just like, Ooh, and then they're stuck. So I guess always go into a show with a few one-liners that you know that are just going to like go in for the kill if someone like comes for you. Um, I guess even like just going into your shows, like rehearsing a couple of one-liners or something like that because that's how you get through it. And you turn it into a comedy kind of thing. So it's like you're not coming in for the kill 100%, but you're coming in for a kill with a comedy size. So then people laugh and they're like, ha-ha, you got owned. Um, and I I think that's a really fun way of doing it for me personally. A lot of people might not think that's fun and I should just go in for the kill. Um, a lot of my stuff when I do shows is educational in a comedy way. And I feel like that sometimes is a great way to do it because you're educating people and they don't feel like they're getting shit thrown down their throat, but they're still taking it on board and they're registering what you're saying because it's in a comedic way. So that's always a good way to deal with some stuff in person. But for these performers that are coming up, um, always come in with some good content into your show so you've always got something to talk about for me I always go in with story about my life and bring people in that way and you can usually turn somebody that's being negative at a show into a positive and they're like oh cool like you're actually just a performer being funny and I think that's the the best way to get through that but if you know that something's going to go up and it could cause some stuff online that's like dramatic and negative side of drag I would say maybe get someone else to like monitor your comments for that post. I'm always happy to do it for you if you need it. Um, Also, the negative side of drag is how cutthroat drag is. It is real hardcore. Um, I guess for me, I started out and just started doing, building my own career and a lot of people were like, who is this person? What are they doing? And I feel like that caused a little bit of negative energy around the scene as well. It probably does to this day. But I guess for me now, I run a business. It is my life. It is my career. Um, if I don't have gigs, I don't pay bills. So for me, it's all about entertaining and having fun, but also making money because it's my job. <laughs> Um, but I don't know if there's any other negative sides of being a professional drag queen, except for like YOLO, um, you only live your life once. I'm so cool and hip. Haha. <laughs> I would say just keep doing you out there and like no one else can do you cause you are you. Um, so keep it up. Um, don't take on their negative energy from those trolls or dickheads. Um, just turn it into a part of your show. And you'll own them. So that was probably like a big part of this. Um, if you have any more questions about the negative side, I'm happy to do a whole episode. I just don't know if you have any more questions. If you do, DM me um, or answer my polls when I put them up. The next thing, the next question I got was, how much does it cost to do drag at my level? I don't know what my level is. So, yeah. Yeah. But I guess it's expensive. It is very, very expensive. I guess oh, it can be as expensive as you want it to be. I guess if I could sew, I guess it would be cheaper. If I could style wigs, it would be cheaper. So if you are one of those people that are up and coming, learn how to sew, learn how to style wigs. 
because it's going to be making your life so much easier. I guess, oh, I don't, for me, I, I don't look at it as like how much does it cost me? It's how much am I investing into my art form? It's an investment because the more you invest in your art form, the more you're going to really improve your shows, your costumes are going to get next level, your hair's going to get next level, and people are going to see this and be like, whoa, did you see that new outfit or did you see this, did you see that? I guess for me it's like you need to look at like filling your wardrobe and having multiple different looks that you can keep pulling. Yeah, I wear the same looks several thousand times over and then I'll move on to something else and then might come back. But it is expensive. Makeup is expensive. I would say invest in quality makeup because if you don't invest in quality makeup, then I guess you can tell. I mean, yeah, invest in some quality makeup. I mean, I'm constantly buying makeup and everything like that. I'm also constantly buying wigs because I can't style them, so it's sometimes just easier to buy them, but it's a very expensive habit of mine. But for me, currently where I record these podcasts is in my drag room, and I'm surrounded by wigs and costumes. I say there's a lot of money in here. I wouldn't be able to put a dollar figure on it, but there is a lot of money. But you can also do it on the cheap, peeps. Do it on the cheaps. Just invest in the things that you know. Like if you aren't doing it full time and it's still a hobby, invest in like a quality costume that you can get lots of lots of wear out and a quality wig that you know that is going to withhold all the shows that you're doing. Because, hey, drag is expensive. Unless you've got a sugar daddy or a sugar mama or a sugar thing or a sugar them. Like fucking get it. Also share them. Uh, the next thing, this one is a random question. Um, how do I know how much tax to pay? Uh, or do you have a spicy accountant? Um, I guess one of the biggest things for me, because I have been in business, drag business for four and a bit years, but I also had businesses before that. So I've been keeping hold of budgets and everything like that for many, many moons now. But how much tax do I pay? I have an accounting software that all of my sales go into, all of my expenses go into, and then every quarter when I have to pay my baths, it comes through, it just comes up with saying how much I have to pay. That's how much. If I don't, like, it would take me hours. So if you're doing drag and you can afford, I think I pay $50 a month for my accounting software, um, it's a lifesaver, especially at the end of the year when I come in to do, well, the end of the financial year when I come to do tax, I just literally print one report, give it to my accountant, and then everything else goes to them. I have a great, a great accountant. That's also one thing that you need to do. Get a great accountant. If you're not happy with them, get a new one. But I love my accountant. Um, I would say I'll give you their details, but I know their books are closed. Sorry. This is a good one because I'm going to give you two answers for this. How do I fly with so much stuff and stay under the baggage limits? Ha. Huh. I can't even stay under the baggage limits as Tim, let alone Timberlina. I always pay excess. I try if I know that I'm going away for drag, I'd always pay extra online because it's much cheaper, much cheaper. Um, never pay excess baggage at the airport because it's so effing expensive. And I have sometimes had to do that. So when I'm traveling, so say I'm flying to Byron, flying Fly Pelican from Newcastle Airport, um, there's sometimes that I've gone over and I just had to pay excess luggage. Build into your costs. If you know that you 
are traveling somewhere, make the client pay for your travel um, and then you get reimbursed for that. Um, it's all about what you include in your contract and stuff like that. But most of the time, you just work out how much. Also, invest in pardon me, scales because that's going to help you stay underneath the baggage limits and know what you need to do. If you know that you're going away for a weekend and you've got this many shows and you need to do this many looks, only pack the makeup that you need. Also, you can take most of your makeup online. So, online, on board. So... Yeah, utilize that over your carry-on and your baggage. But also, biggest thing, if you know you're going to go over, buy excess luggage. Or if you know you're on the way to the airport, buy it online before you get there so you don't have to get those massive fees. Uh, One of the last questions I have, what is your favorite type of gig? Um, They're all my favorite, to be honest. I obviously have been specializing in bingo for the last four and a half years. So that's always a winner. And I love watching people react to my calls. And if they've never been to a show before, I think it's fab to see them really come to life with all of that. I also love my corporates. My corporates got me through all of my lockdowns. So, of course, they've got like a soft part in my heart because they really helped me get through lockdown. Love my hands parties. I love walking into a room and watching all these drunk people just light up because I know that I'm there for two hours to entertain them. An hour, two hours, three hours, however long they book me for. And it's actually really enjoyable. I love my co- my cabaret shows, my supper club shows. Um, one of my favourite shows that I used to produce, Blush, it was like the bee's knees. It was so much fun. I guess there's every gig has its favourite moment. Um, there's just some weeks that they aren't your favourite, I guess. Um, so that's that was mainly all the questions that I had from last week, but I feel like, and they're also the ones that I really thought were really fun and interesting to know. Um, if you want to know more about like how I deal with budgets and tax and keeping fees and all that kind of stuff, I can go into more of that. Just let me know. I guess if you want me to go into some of the stuff of dealing with like hardcore issues or how I would deal with them, message me your questions, peeps, message them. I'm always here to help where I can. And this season, it's all about me telling you about my experiences. So I think that's it for this episode. It's short and sweet, but I hope you have a fab rest of the week and I'll see you next week. All right. Bye. Thank you for listening to another Timber Production Podcast. This has been Yas Queen, hosted by me, Timberlina. And we'll be back next week or whenever we can be bothered to record another episode. But make sure you subscribe, like, and leave reviews wherever you listen to your podcasts. And we'll see you soon. Thank you for listening. Bye.